ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to recycle. Oh my god, we're back again. Brothers, sisters, everybody sing. It's the Recycle Bin Podcast back again, as I've said, for episode 14, Laura? It, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, let's say 14. Yeah, uh, no, no, not? it's not, it's 15. Bitsocket was Is 14. Is it 15? Yeah, it's 15. Episode 15, the big so one who five. Was, who was episode 13 then? Uh, episode 13 was... That's unlucky. That was Emily. <gasps> oh, sorry, Emily. Yeah, that's how unlucky it is. We forgot about you. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name's Chris Spann. With me, as always, is Laura Rich. Say hello, Laura. Hello. Hello, Laura. Hello, Laura's creaking chair as well. Um, oh, sorry. And Laura, who is our guest in the bin this week? Our guest in the bin this week is freelance games journalist and host of the Not A Game podcast, Jordan Erica Weber. Hello. Hi. Hello. I'm, Hi. <laughs> I'm really excited about this um, because basically what's the good thing about having Laura do this show is that every so often if I can't be bothered um, I just send her off to find somebody uh, to, <laughs> to record the show with um, yeah, I was just wandering the streets and Laura was like um, do you want to come in and be in our podcast I was yeah. like sure why not Laura yeah, I thought you looked like, really nice and chatty yeah, Laura appeared out of like Oscar the Grouch uh, <laughs> just lifts the lid and is just like alright um <laughs> Because Laura, as we all know, is a cockney. Um, so yeah, this is the Recycle Win Podcast. Um, we'll jump straight into it. If you've not heard the show before, the way it works is as follows. Um, our guest comes in, brings three things with them that they hate. We have a chat about those things. I usually let two in and one out, just so I don't let all three in, um, to keep up the pretense that this is some sort of competition. Um, okay. Then we have... Uh, things where you lot all speak to us about stuff. This week we're going to be discussing shit sequels and sequels that people get rid of. Then we talk about a thing that the guest really, really likes. Uh, then we all go home and pretend it never happened. That's how it works. Um, basically, it's Room 101, the TV show with Paul Merton in. It's the idea is stolen. It's not even Paul Merton anymore. It's somebody else now. Um, who is it now? Psh, Doesn't matter, I does it? I have no idea. I don't, watch I don't think it. I've watched TV since Doctor Who was uh, Christopher Eccleston. I don't even know who that is. So, uh, oh, he was good. I liked him. How long ago was that? Psh, I don't know. Is it like six years? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've got Netflix though. That Netflix is cool. That's my. I can watch TV yeah, in that way. I yeah, Netflix and uh, iPlayer is basically yeah. all we use now. Christopher Eccleston was Doctor Who in two thousand and five, so ten years ish. Oh, it must have. It must be less than that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just wrong. And anyway, the old wrestling's the best stuff, and I've got all that on DVD anyway, so I don't need real telly. Um, I don't think anybody our age watches real television. No. No, I, you know, I don't even have an yeah, aerial see, or a sky you're dish. saying our age, I'm pretty old. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, younger than, like, 40 and 50. I'm, I'm younger than that. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Those people watch <laughs> real television. Nobody else does. Yeah. yeah. It's that um, having to wait weekly, you know, and then you'll miss an episode and... 
then you'll kind of give up on the whole series sometimes if yeah. you miss enough episodes. So. I often think this, you know, like when uh, on a Sunday afternoon everyone's like, oh, oh, such and such a film's on, on Channel 4 and right now. And I'm like, it's on whenever you want it to be, yeah, on DVD and Netflix and Love Film and every other service in the world. Like, it's it's really not a big deal that it's on the telly right now, is it? It's not. Uh, well... It, you know, it's, it kind of feels Christmassy, doesn't it, when you watch something on real telly? Yeah, but like, <laughs> my, my girlfriend and I did this uh, a couple of years ago. We we got in on Christmas Day after visiting everybody, turned on real telly because TV's meant to be good on real telly. And act- uh, Iron Man two, I think, was on. We we're like, yeah, we'll watch this. And then about fifteen minutes in, it stopped and some adverts came on. Yeah, no. And we yeah, like, I, I I genuinely forgot that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, adverts. God, they're like, awful. In the middle of things. And yeah. like when you when you're all enjoying it and stuff and they just go, No, 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 now it's now l- l- listen and hear about washing powder for the next ten minutes. Uh and then you realise carry on watching the film. Bullshit. Anyway, we need to crack on with the actual recycling bin bit of this show. So uh we'll jump straight in. Uh Jordan, what's thing number one on your list? Uh thing number one on my list is uh, kind of topical. Uh, it's the casual hardcore labels as applied to people who play video games, otherwise known as gamers. Well, mm. formerly known as gamers, yeah. Formerly known. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Some, dead now. <laughs> yeah, so somebody, somebody told me that they were going to, that, that, that at one point they were like, oh, well, if gamers dead, then we should refer to ourselves as Gamer Plus. Is that true? Is it true that we should do that, or is it true that somebody <laughs> said it? Is it true that somebody said it? I know it's not true that we should. Uh, but what does it mean, like the new wave? Get game, I don't know, game of the sequel? What? <laughs> what kind of like how there's waves of feminism? Just like second wave gamers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, in fairness, I think that's what we've got at the moment, isn't it? Because first wave gamers were people who enjoyed games, and second wave gamers are the lunatics. Um, yeah. Well, so the whole gamer thing came about when um, the video game, there was the crash, right? I don't know when this was. It was before I was born, but <laughs> there was the, sorry, guys. <laughs> there was the crash and then they tried to, like advertising companies came on board and were like, we're going to make video games a thing again. Mm. So they decided yeah. to create this audience this to, to market things to so that they could be more specific in their marketing. And yeah. that's where mm. this kind of notion of a gamer came from. Because before that, Everyone played games, which, you know, everyone plays games now. But before that, it was just, it wasn't a thing that games were for young men. That only came about when the advertising people decided that that was how they were going to really, really create this group of people who relied on these things. Yeah, actually make it an identity rather than make it uh, a thing that people do. Because I was talking to uh, my my girlfriend about this, because obviously the discussion that all male humans who were into video games have had recently is when their girlfriends have gone you know that Gamergate thing <laughs> yeah you don't no good right okay um <laughs> my like... um, my stepdad texted me like yesterday um he was like i've just heard on the radio that some woman in america just received a death threat because she's trying oh, to get God. more women in games so be careful <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, but like, so, so, like, because, so my girlfriend said to me, like, do, you know, do you identify with the term, you know, would you call yourself a gamer? And I think it's, it's, it's awful because, like, for example, I would call myself a, a, a reader, as in the sentence, I'm a keen reader. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is fine. Um, 
that, that you know that 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 is 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 parlance. We people use that. People communicate in that way. I'm a keen reader is a is a is a phrase that people know. Um, but I certainly wouldn't call myself a reader as an identity or in order to try and define yeah. myself. When you hear a reader, you don't think of a type of person. You just think of someone that enjoys books. Yeah, yeah, it's in, not in, someone who builds their whole personality around yeah. the idea of books and doesn't do anything else and harasses people who, mm. you know, but, treat but books I'm, differently than them. I'm sure in work, kind of before now, before all this shitstorm started, if somebody said to me, oh, Chris, you're a gamer, aren't you? I'd just go, yeah, I, I play yeah. games, whatever, yeah. I've never liked the label, but if someone had called me it, I wouldn't have been all that bothered. I just wouldn't have described myself as a gamer. Yeah, and... So, and and this the, the casual hardcore thing I think is is so daft because it suggests absolutely one hundred percent. It suggests a complete kind of division between the two, hmm. um, and kind of and, and never those lines can be crossed. So again, where, where's my girlfriend who plays loads of Plants vs Zombies? I mean, she's played Plants vs Zombies through like two or three times, I think, and she plays loads of Candy Crush and stuff like that. But also, her and I played all of. Um, that Lara Croft thing on the PS3, and it was well good, um, which is, I would go as far as to say, a hardcore game. Um, yeah, it seems to suggest that you can only play one or the other. Whereas, hmm. you know, if one of these people who would call themselves a hardcore gamer, if they spent five minutes trying out Candy Crush, we wouldn't be like, oh, you're a casual <laughs> gamer now. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've tarnished <clears throat> your reputation. You can never be a hardcore gamer again. Yeah. Or See, in the I same always way... thought it wasn't games that were casual or hardcore. It was more how you play the games. Like you can be a hardcore Candy Crush player. So this is like my point with this whole thing. So it arose because of that um, Asus advert that was going around Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so they had this kind of poster where on one side it was like, "What type of gamer are you?" And on one side it had hardcore gamer. Oh yeah. And on one yeah, side it had casual it. gamer. And the yeah. hardcore gamer is this beardy guy. He's like he's got a headset on and he's like crushing a can in his hand. And on the other side, the casual gamer is a, a woman with blonde hair and lipstick, and she's got like a smoothie or something. And she doesn't even have her hands on the keyboard. She's just holding this smoothie and kind of looking <laughs> at the screen. And um, it's got stuff on it like um, on the hardcore side, it has like you know what the red ring of death is, and you're terrified of it. And then on the casual side, it's got the only ring of death you know was carried by Frodo. And I'm there thinking, like, if you're trying huh. to judge people as, like, hardcore and casual, someone who knows enough about the Lord of the Rings <laughs> to know about that is probably not a particularly casual person when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah. But the point in general is that, like, nobody nobody can agree on what the definition is. Like, I asked a bunch mm. of my friends, and each of them had a different answer. Like, my friend who um, lives in my building, he said, as far as he's concerned, hardcore gamer is PC and casual gamer is console, um, which I thought was quite, like, a different way of looking at it. And um, a guy that I asked about it, um, one of my coworkers, he said that hardcore maybe meant that if it, like, negatively impacts your life, like a drug habit, so, like, <laughs> like, a, like a hardcore drug user... A hardcore gamer is somebody who their gaming like gets in the way of other things in their life. It ruins their relationships and it, you know, destroys yeah. their health and stuff like that. But nobody can agree. Like that's the point. In fact, the example they've got on casual gamer, the uh, it says at the bottom, the longest time you spent on a game was when you were playing The Sims. And I was looking, I was like <laughs> running through all these metrics that I could think of for what defined a casual game, and The Sims doesn't count for no. any of them. Like it's incredibly popular it's one of the best-selling pc games of all time it's on pc so my friend would agree that it had to be hardcore it's really expensive you have to spend loads of money on it um you know it's not like a free-to-play game or anything 
Um, people spend hours in it and it's incredibly mm. complicated. Like it's a really difficult game to do well at. Yeah. Um, like mm. there's, you know, complicated mechanical systems in it and stuff. So no, the only thing that makes it casual is that lots of women like playing it, uh, which course. gets to the root of the the problem. And, you know, what everyone was so upset about with this advert is that it's just a way of um, marginalizing female gamers again by just mm. calling them casual. Like this whole thing when these statistics come out, like in the UK, more women play games than men now. And people are like, yeah, but, you know, this is only casual games. They're not playing the right games. Yeah. And like you were saying, Chris, like your girlfriend plays casual and what you would call hardcore games. But which like if people were looking at that, the people who believe in this distinction, they would be like, "Okay, well, she plays some casual games. So she's a casual gamer. And they would ignore the hardcore stuff. Whereas if it was a guy who played both kinds of games, everyone would be like, oh, he's a hardcore gamer because, you know, because they've got this preconception that it's like a gender thing. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, I mean, things like, I mean, uh, I would imagine mo- the majority of people, <clears throat> excuse me, would refer to, say, uh, Angry Birds as a, a casual game. Because, like, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the phrase casual game, uh, as in something you can sort of play while not directing your entire attention to it. Um like I would put in something like an Angry Birds, or you know, something that's a little bit more passive. Because um, Angry Birds is really difficult. Mm, but this is my point. Like, um, I, I, Icebreaker is a game I played uh, when I moved house and didn't have the internet, and didn't have much else to do. And it's made by—I don't think it's developed by Rovio, but it's published by them. And it's kind of a similar physicsy, puzzly thing to to Angry Birds. Um, and most people, I'd imagine, would call it a casual game. But it does that three-star thing, where mm. it's like you can finish the level and it's no problem. But there will be an optimum, like, um, really efficient way of doing it. And I lost hours to going in and going, right, I can do this better than that. I can, I can tighten this up. I can do it quicker. If I do this, then it just, and, it, and there's like a whole other level on top of it. Um, and quite often games that are considered casual, um, ha- you know, do have this extra layer to it that's left there if you want to get into it. I mean, I've been playing the new, uh, Final Fantasy. Theatre rhythm curtain call rhythm game thing, and it's amazing. But like, there are three levels of difficulty. There is way too easy, um, like <laughs> like you barely even need to pay attention to the song. Uh, there's just right, and there is literally impossible. Um, so that that game, I, I've, I've got a feeling potentially could could become just be infinitely stay in my DS. I mean, there's 220 songs, so there's like 660 different levels, if you like. Mm. Like I, I could, I could lose my entire life to that, and it is just tapping a screen in time with a song. Um, it's not fucking Dark Souls. Ah, oh, I said it. There we go. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not Dwarf Fortress. It's not um, one, of, you know, one of these games that are well known for being incredibly complex, incredibly massively systems led. Um, it is just a game where you try and get a little Viking in a boat. That's all you're doing. Um, <laughs> I just That's pretty fun. It's it's well good. Like if you have uh, an Android or an iOS phone or tablet or anything like that, go and play it. It is good fun. Uh it's all swiping and falling and there's little trolls that you can squish with stuff. It's good. Um It's just it's just another name that, that we Yeah. That, and they don't mean anything, do they really? No. Uh in in the same way that I think you can again, I I, I mean well, I mean, I think it's interesting that we're saying... Are we, I mean, are we talking specifically about the labels here? Because I think that's... So, 
I, my problem is with the label when applied to people. Like, I don't really have a problem mm. with you saying, I'm going to go do some casual gaming. Like, I'm yeah. going to play this in the background, you know, while I'm watching something else. Mm. Or I'm going to go do some hardcore gaming. Like, I'm going to plug in and really, you know, mm. get myself lost in it. But when it's applied to people, it just doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, not... like, go on. I was just gonna, like, it, it falls under the whole gamer label anyway. And the fact that just calling yourself a gamer is kind of meaningless nowadays too mm. but just adding this extra layer of it like what kind of gamer are you oh i'm a i'm a hardcore one oh i'm just a casual one it just doesn't mean anything it's yeah. just a way to look down on people it is yeah it's a way to dismiss it's a it's a an instinctive reaction to all of these statistics saying that you know actually it's like 50 50 between the genders so stop saying that women don't play games mm. and it's like oh yeah but they're just you know they're just casual gamers yeah yeah. Playing casual games. Yeah, mm. and and I mean, it's worth pointing out if anybody listening. I mean, I like to think that this show does kind of attract a better quality of listener. But if anybody <laughs> d- does honestly think that kind of um, it works like that and that women are casual gamers, uh, please remember Laura has one bro Dark Souls, something that I am <laughs> never ever going to be capable of doing ever in my life. Um, and like she plays Starcraft at a level that I can't even comprehend um, because it's not click. Look, oh good, he's gone over there, right? Okay. I hurt my wrist doing it today, actually. There. <laughs> That's, it's super awesome. Like, you know, I know so many women who play like games that would be considered hardcore and stuff. But at the same time, I hate that I constantly feel the need to defend myself like that. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm constantly worried about people calling me a casual gamer. So I feel like I need to pretend I like games that I don't even like, like, I've got to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love first-person shooters. Like, I like <laughs> some of them, but I'm not that keen on them. But it feels like if a guy says, I don't really like first-person shooters, everyone's like, oh, yeah, all right, he's probably just fed up with them, and he probably just likes other kinds of games. But if yeah. a girl says, I don't like first-person shooters, it's like, oh, well, that's because you're a woman. You're just a yeah. casual gamer. Yeah, I feel um, like I can't say, I don't really like GTA. Yeah, oh, I hate GTA. It's so, it's so boring. <laughs> I know, I know. The free room is good, but the stories are all, you know, they're all rugger, I'm so tough, and yeah. I'm not into that. I, I will yeah, say, yeah. I, I will say it to anybody who thinks GTA is boring, if anyone who thinks GTA is boring is, is boring has clearly never played it online with us. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the free room multiplayer stuff, that's great. I like that. Yeah. But I don't but like I, the actual game. I, and... I mean, I, absolutely. The last two, definitely. I mean, I, I, I blitzed GTA Five. Uh, not to show off or anything, but pretty hardcore in uh, <laughs> like three days or four days or something. Um, but like, I, I lost my life to it for um, for a few days just because I, I kind of thought, look, it, otherwise I'm never going to get it done. So uh, I just cracked through it. Um, and GTA Five managed to actually keep my attention as a story, but GTA Four, I can remember getting to one of the missions and being like, "Who's this guy? I don't know. What do you want me to do? Probably shoot the lads. That'll be fine." Um, what's going on? I don't really care. Um, it was just kind of at that point, I was just in the loop of drive to the place, shoot the things, drive the car, drive to the place, shoot the things, drive the car, etc., 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 get a shiny thing. Um, and like I was, I, I was fine with that, but I can totally understand why people would find it dull as fuck. Absolutely. Like there's not a tremendous amount of variety, if I'm honest. Sometimes it's fly the helicopter, sometimes it's jump in the sea. <laughs> that's that's sort of it, but then at the same time, like I always think, I like really deep, engaged um, uh, strategy games and RPGs and things like that. And I and I don't, I actually don't 
I like to think I have the kind of strategic nous to uh, to play one of those, but I just don't. I don't think I have that level of forethought. It takes a lot of learning. Mm. But the other thing I was thinking as well, it's always in, I, something I do quite a lot is try and compare video games to board games, um, because to my mind, it's it's games. It still still comes under games, you know. Um, and I think it's really interesting that you, when it comes to casual and, and hardcore, as it were. So if you take something casual like uh, Flux or something like that, Flux is a game that only has two rules, and kind of the idea is that the rules change as they go on. Um, and a casual game is usually a great thing to kind of start a day of playing games with. Mm. Um, and nobody ever complains about it because you start with something that doesn't require much thought, doesn't require much thinking. And then maybe you get into something that, that you know that is a little bit more systems led and is a little bit more thinky and a little bit more. It might spend two or three hours playing this, playing one game through. Um, but there's no there's no kind of. I mean, there, there are debates within board games about different genres and stuff like that. But there's certainly no looking down on people for oh oh you play X game ah well yeah, I think you'll find that makes you. Why stereotype, which actually means you're slightly lesser than me because I play this ridiculous, <laughs> stupid German one that comes with 4,000 tiny little wooden cubes. Um, I feel like maybe, though, if you're drawing a comparison with board games, like you've got to think about defining the person as opposed to the game. Like you mm. might say that a casual board gamer is somebody who's only really played like Monopoly and Scrabble and doesn't really know about all the other kinds of board games. Oh, that's true. But then... Mm, see, that's got, me that is yeah see see <laughs> I, I i will admit um i got um a uh an email no a facebook message from somebody who lives around the corner from me the other day uh who i work with um who said oh hiya um me and um we've got some people around this evening we're a bit bored um have you got any board games and i kind of looked at it and i kind of went i do but i don't, <laughs> I don't oh. are they too too geeky to share with normals. Yeah, and it's not like, like I should point out. I definitely wasn't going. You won't get it. You won't understand it. Yeah. But I was just like, "Are you gonna? Is this? If I if I rock up with this and go, hello? No, there's only six thousand parts. It's fine. Now you've got to build up to it. Um, mm. The yeah. um, the shut up and sit down guys. I don't know if you've seen their yeah, board yeah. gaming show. Mm. They do. Um, I think Matt Lee's does a like a column kind of thing for them where he does videos about like introducing people to games. The opener, good, yeah, yeah, the opener, like ones that are good for people who perhaps haven't played as many board games as as you might have done. So yeah. I guess that <laughs> could kind of be a good way of introducing yeah, yeah. people to them. Things like, uh, God, I can't remember the name of it, and we play it all the time. Oh, no. Um, um, oh, no, I can't remember of it, but it's basically you all play as... Oh, it's called The Resistance. Um, oh. uh, Resistance is a well-good game. It is literally, it's a card-slash-board game that comes with, like... It's like the box is tiny. It comes with about 20 pieces. Uh, and basically the entire game is you having an argument with your friends over who you think the liar is. Um... And I have genuinely bellowed at my friends playing that game before now. See, I hate that stuff because I just annoy... The sound of my own voice annoys me when I'm trying to reason with people and figure things out. (laughs) So I just don't play those kind of things. I've had it before where I've been stood up shouting. (laughs) And and then you realise... Just annoy yourself. But then, well, no, what's happened to me is when you realise halfway through that the train of logic, because you're actually one of the liars, and the train of logic you put yourself on means that um, 
if you carry on the way, you're, the way, if you carry on with your train of thought, you're actually going to expose yourself, and you have to kind uh. of slowly go. Oh no! Wait, no, I was no, not. Uh, oh, shut <laughs> up! I'm going to sit down now. Sorry. Um, it's a great game for finding out which of your friends are incredibly good at lying, and yeah. that's which ones you shouldn't mm. ever trust. Yeah, yeah, I'm so bad. Or, or opposite, the friends who. Uh, one of my friends, whenever we play it, the more sincere he tries to be. The dodgier and the more liar he seems to, he, he's acting like. Um, like he just always seems evil. Um, I don't know what he is about it. Um, good, my dog's chasing her tail over and over and over again. Now she's got it. Uh, well done, you. Oh, stop it. Anyway, um, sorry. Uh, hardcore and casual. I can't. <sighs> I mean, if they're not going to be, if they're not going to use the terms properly, then they should just go in the bin. Like. Well, okay, so what do we think a proper definition should be? Should there be one? I... The way that Jordan said, um, I'm going to casually play this or I'm going to get in some hardcore game in time, that's okay. I like yeah. that. But calling people hardcore or casual when most people are both or neither yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. And often, although I mean, I have things with the word hardcore, I think quite often is usually used to kind of hide uh, maybe uh, a bit of an un- uh, unhealthy relationship with a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not a drinker. Well, no, I'm not alcoholic. I'm just a hardcore just... drinker. I just do it like, <laughs> six or seven nights a week. Uh, you know, eight, nine cans a night. No, it's hardcore. Not not, not a problem. Just hardcore me. Just, you know, badass. Um, it's got to go, hasn't it? Let's be, let's yeah. be entirely honest. Yay. Uh, so <laughs> there's thing number one gone. Hopefully, um, I'm going to try and smoosh together um, some samples from BitSockets, uh, little jingles they did for things going in the bin. So uh, hopefully you're going to hear one of those now. In the bin. <laughs> Good. That was amazing. It's oh, yeah, they were great. <laughs> I love it. Gen- genuinely, they are fucking phenomenal. Um, I love these guys. Yeah, they're brilliant. Um, I know. I listened to I listened to part of the episode that I wasn't on with you hmm. and Bitsocket. And when you say that I'm dead, they just burst out laughing, <laughs> and I'm really upset, like properly. <laughs> In fairness, when I said it, they both looked a bit surprised that I'd said it. Um, it was like a sad laugh, wasn't it? It was a it laugh was, it, of shock and it, yeah, devastation. The, the, what's the opposite? It's the opposite of the tears of a clown. Um, the laugh of uh, should I? Um, a thing. Good. Yeah. Good speaking, Chris. Uh, okay, Jordan, what's thing number two? Okay, uh, thing number two is particularly relevant to me at the moment because it is review season, and that is review scores. Um, mm. I was going to say Metacritic, but I thought that if we got rid of Metacritic, somebody would just invent another Metacritic. Yeah. Well, there probably is one already. Yeah, um, I think, I think a few thousand jobs would retrospectively dis- disappear as well. Yeah, there's that too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just review scores in general. Mm. Um, because, so I reviewed Fable Anniversary recently for PC Gamer. And um, it went in the magazine and it also went on the website. And when it went on the website, I got loads and loads and loads and loads of comments. And aside from this one guy who, um, he only commented to say that the fact that I'd said I didn't understand the UI in Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition meant that my opinion was irrelevant to him. Like everyone else, <laughs> mm. everyone else was just arguing about the score I'd given it. I gave it a 65 um, right. and like loads of people thought that was too low. Some people thought that was too high. And all the comments were just people arguing about this number that I'd been made to stick on the end of this review mm. against my will. 
But on a <laughs> game that, that I enjoy doing. you had played, but presumably they hadn't played. Well, I think it was already out by that point. But mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure, like most of these people, normally it's the case that people haven't played the game because reviews normally come out like right before the game or just when the game is is launched. And people still feel the need to argue about it. Like, um, I think when, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but a friend of mine, when a Bayonetta 2 reviews started going up, he started arguing about like, oh, this guy is obviously wrong. And I was like, you haven't even played it. Yeah. Mm. How can you possibly know? Yeah. Although um, we, we all agree here that Bayonetta is like an 11 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this um, guy would agree with you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm joking, of course. Um, it's a, it is a weird uh, thing. Um, review scores. I mean, we saw, I, because they don't accurately, so I know a, a lot of people recently have been playing and loving Shadow of Mordor. Um, because it is a, it is a very good game. Is it, but, but it is, it's it's not anything more than an eight out of ten, really. Mm. Kind of. But see, what does that mean? Because it means different things on pres- different yeah. but this websites is the th- and magazines and to people. I've got oh, yeah, my that own sucks. I've got my own scores as well. Yeah, 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 I like. I try and I have this big spreadsheet of all the reviews I've written, so that I can look at. So That's I can compare the scores I give against other. But like every publication is different. So mm-hmm. like people were saying on my PC Gamer review, like oh. PC Gamer, you know, they usually score quite high. Their scores seem to be getting lower recently. But mm-hmm. I just, like, my scoring is consistent across publications, but those publications have vastly different meanings for different numbers. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I write for so many places is kind of a bit of a problem for those places because I think I tend to review things much lower than a lot of publications are used to and mm-hmm. things like that. So it kind of causes problems for me. Um, yeah. And, like, some... Some of the magazines I write for, you have to review it out of a hundred. And how on earth? <laughs> how do you pick a number out of a hundred? Mm. And how do you say like this game's an eighty-one, but this one, this one's an eighty-two? Like, what is the difference between those two games? I yeah. think um, I've never liked review scores. I think um, as a buyer's guide, it should just have like yes, buy this, or wait till it's cheaper, or no, don't ever play this. It will See, make you miserable. I, I remember, I actually, um, a site that I used to write for, we had a discussion about um, review scores a long, long time ago. And we, because we couldn't decide exactly what to do. Um, and I said to them, well, why not a price thing? Buy it when it is this price. Um, which I thought sounded wicked until somebody pointed out that a lot of the, that's not necessarily, I mean, I was talking to Guy Woodward the other day. And I think Guy Woodward tends to play through games very quickly, then sell them if he's not interested in keeping them. So, like, so he gets the majority of his money back. Um, mm. in that very short space of time. So to him, a 45, 50 quid game has maybe only cost him five or six quid, in theory. Um, also, if you're a millionaire, you're not going to care what price the game <laughs> Precisely. is. Or, or vice versa. If you are 15, 16 years old and, st- and still don't have a job or have a very small uh, disposable income, uh, then 20 quid, or, you know, it depends on your situation. If you if if to you 20 pounds is a lot of money... Um, then me saying to you, oh, it's all right, leave it till it's 20 quid, isn't going to be anywhere yeah. near a decent... You know, it's, it's not still not the endorsement you want. Um, mm. uh, whereas I'm... like, There's there's a lot that I can... I consider a lot of games kind of that I'll get it when it's 20, 25 quid, kind of uh, that, that space. Um, but I know, again, to a lot of people, that is, um, that, that is a lot of money. And... I mean, it's not a small amount of money. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a week's petrol, if you want to look at it that way, or... 
or whatever. It is a lot to be spending on frivolous entertainment that, if I'm honest, I never play enough of anyway. Um, I guess also if you have readers in different countries with different currencies, that mm. would be incredibly <laughs> confusing. That's also a very good point that I never even but came yeah. close to thinking of. A lot of the... Um, a lot of the websites I, and like publications that I respect the most, they do do that kind of thing, like Laura said, like Kotaku and, you know, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. They mm, don't yeah. have scores. Rock, Paper, Shotgun, they make you actually read. Yeah. yeah. And don't and, Kotaku uh, do a kind of yes, no thing? Yeah, yes, no, maybe kind of kind of yeah. thing, I think. That seems fair. I'd say because, again, sorry to, to bring Shadow of Mordor back up, um, it just it seems very odd to me to have uh, a game... Basically, the actual the majority of the game is is pretty derivative. There's not an awful lot new in there, but there is one system, the Nemesis system, which is incredible and makes the entire game worth kind of soldiering through the dull bits. Yeah. How do you score that? Like. Yeah, but what you just said got me interested. When you said mm. it was an eight, I wasn't interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that's the thing. Like, there, there are parts of that game. There are moments in it where it'll be the best thing you've played all year. And there'll be other moments in it where you go, oh, I don't want to... Like, I, I, I had to describe to somebody today uh, or the other day about the game. I said, like, right, the story is a chore you have to do to open up other... the Like, to play more fun. It's mm. it's the dishes that you have to do before you can go <laughs> and watch telly. It's the hoovering. Uh, you just have to do these things. I like so hoovering. Often. Really? Do you want to come round to my no, house? I was going to ask. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in Wales, sure. I've got a round trip of the country. Yeah, just hoovering what... people's houses. I bet I've got way more hoovering in my house. Well, for you. Do, you, do you like mowing lawns? That's like hoovering. <laughs> I've, I've never mowed a lawn before. I just Have you guys got Dysons? If you've got Dysons, I'll do it. Uh, I have. Uh, no, mine's a Vax, but it's very similar to a Dyson. Yeah, mm. same. It's well good. Also, there's a lot of dog hair in my house. Oh, I hate dogs. I Sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's fucking it. I nearly, I nearly put dogs in the recycle bin. I was like, oh, dogs in games. Fucking oh, good, good luck trying. Good luck. <laughs> That's going to go on the list of things that are exempt now. Yes, I'm saying this, tickling my dog under the chin. So uh, good luck. Um, Cover her ears so she doesn't hear this. Yeah, good point. She's got massive... Massive velvety ears, haven't you? Yes, you do. Oh, ow. Um... Review scores. Um, I can't. I can't think of. I mean, I do wonder now with how useful reviews are. But at the same time, I am also aware that I am in a fairly privileged position, knowing a few people as I do who work in games in some way, shape, or form. Um, but like that's the point it's like asking reading a review is like asking your friend who's already played it what they thought of it and you don't necessarily have to agree with them like if your friend mm. says i really didn't like this bit because it had loads of this kind of thing and you're like actually i quite like that kind of thing then you yeah. can make your mind up but if you're if you're just thinking about the score like what kind of person thinks i won't buy this game unless every publication gives it <laughs> more than a seven like and it makes you not even bother reading the article, and then you just go to the comments and argue about the number without even having read the words. Yeah. Like we should get rid of the numbers altogether. Get yes. rid of the scores, and people will actually have to read. I mean, I think I think I've said this before on on here maybe once. Um, but it was interesting you were saying before that like people say, oh well, you know, PC gamer always score quite high, don't they? Um, because I think now. And again, maybe it's just because I have a slightly better understanding of how the industry works, maybe. 
Um, but I tend to follow um, a person's recommendation more than. Yeah. So if I if I go on a website and see X writer I like has recommended this game, um, excuse me, I'm far more likely to be interested in it. So I mean, like for example, a, a great example of this is John Walker. Um, I'm not particularly fond of John Walker as a person, but he and I have very <laughs> very well. That's that's, un- that's is that because you are similar? You don't like yourself very much, so you also don't like him. This show always turns into psychoanalysis and me. It's amazing. Um, I did do psychology at university. Oh, there you go. Um, no, I, I'm not. I'm not massively keen on John Walker, but he and I have very similar taste in games. So quite often, when he recommends something, I will go and check it out because I know that he and I have a similar-ish taste. I mean, we like a lot of point-and-click games. I know he worked on one of the Broken Swords, one of the remakes. Um, so I will always go and look at something he's excited about. Same, say, uh, Quentin Smith. Um, there's a few, there's a few people. And again, some, some of these people are my friends who I, who I know have a very good, you know, or very similar tasting games. I say very good tasting games, a taste of games that's like mine. Um, and I'll always kind of value their reviews. But even before I knew people in the space, I still had a little collection of writers that I was always interested. I mean, Tom Francis is a brilliant example. Um, any game that Tom Francis cares to write 10, 15,000 words on, I always know is going to be something brilliant. And he, he, he's literally... You don't written... read those 10,000 or 15,000 words. You just go, oh, that's a lot of words. Must yeah. be a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume it's all very clever, yeah. Um, but um... I wish that more people were like that. Like, I wish that more people paid attention to the individual writer instead of being like, oh, this publication said this. It's like, oh, well, yeah. every publication has lots of writers. Mm. And, like, the same applies for writers you don't agree with. Like, if you're going to go comment on a woman's review of Grand Theft Auto and be like, oh, you've marked it down because it has misogyny in it. <laughs> like, you know, read someone else's review. If you happen to love misogyny and she's criticised it for its misogyny, then just don't pay attention to that bit. Or, in yeah. fact, take that as a sign that you'll really like the game, you know? <laughs> if if you're a raging misogynist and that is what you like in your games, then that review has been beneficial to you because well, you this, now know that you'll enjoy it. Funnily enough, yeah. Um, I I know he's been somewhat embroiled in the hashtag we don't talk about, uh, but the guy Movie Bob, who does videos and stuff for The Escapist, um, I used to watch a lot of, and he and I almost universally disagree on films. Um, I like the way he presents his um, his critique on films, but nine times out of ten, if he enjoys a film, I will dislike it and vice versa. Uh, I have been to see films on the strength of he didn't like them. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. People should do that with uh, with everyone. You know, yeah. you should pick a writer and you've got one writer you agree with and one you disagree with. It's kind of like your friends. Like, you've got the one friend that if they like something, you probably like it. And you've got another one who's like, oh, you should totally listen to this album. And it's like, dude, I have liked nothing that you've told me to listen to. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to like this either. Mm. Those people are there, though, just to find something to complain about. They're probably not actually there to see about the game because they know that they're already going to buy it no matter what the score is. Exactly. Yeah. So we should just get rid of the scores. And then they won't bother to read it if they already know they're going to get it. Or, you know, they will read it and they'll have something actually interesting to mm. say instead of just this number is too high and this number is too low. I mean, yeah. especially as I think every, I, I think the majority of smart people in the sp- in the game space now agree that rev- scores at the end of reviews are pointless. Like I've never, it's not often you speak to anybody um, who's fairly clued up and goes, "Oh yeah, they're 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 vital." Um, you know, from from a from a critical point of view, you have to put no. a, a number on the end or a score out of five. Or the only defense seems to be that the audience wants them. 
mm-hmm. which I don't know, I guess like if you're worried about losing half your readers, if you get rid of the scores, then that's a fair point. But like, I mean, Metacritic, in, you know, people actually lose their jobs and don't get bonuses because of mm. a random number that's wow. worked out from loads of averages. Yeah. Well, the famous just... example was, was it Fallout New Vegas? That, yeah. that came in one point, one Metacritic point under what the, yeah, the studio Yeah, it got did. like a 79 and the publisher was like, if you get an 80, we'll give you a bonus. Yeah. Sorry, that's um, my phone. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, just... It's, you can't, not not to be a prick about it, but you can't put, you can't put a, a scientific scoring system to art. Um, yes. Because you know, th- at the same time as well, there you know there are shit games out there that that people enjoy for the weirdest reasons, um, and vice versa. There are excellent games out there that people hate for the weirdest reasons, but that's not necessarily an invalid opinion on that you know an invalid yeah. voice on that game games are so complex they're not like films like there are so many different aspects to them that could be scored like sites that do things like they'll give a score for graphics they'll give a score for story and they'll give a score for audio that's quite useful hmm. uh, and then yeah, they'll, they'll, they yeah. will give an overall at the end usually yeah it was interesting yeah, actually so. If you watch some old uh, things like Games Master or Bad Influence or kind of uh, video game shows from kind of the early 90s, things like that, when we didn't... Oh, my God. A, I was a, in a one of those. <laughs> oh, really? I was, uh, I was on um, Gamesville on Sky One. Gamesville. Oh, I remember that. I remember When Gamesville, I was like 11. Yeah. <laughs> that was well, like when, yeah, gamers can be cool. Yeah, <laughs> we had, there was like, um, I think they had like models or something presenting it. Um and like comedians and stuff mm. and like I remember I think I was playing like Formula One or something that I had no mm. idea about and they just asked me a bunch of questions about it and then they just cut to like footage of somebody else playing it because I was so <laughs> awful at it. <laughs> oh. oh there you go I've just done a quick Good Google times. now for Gamesville and it's described as uh, a you can't... <laughs> so uh, there you go. Oh well there you go. Um, funnily enough uh, random fact as well my um, my friend got married recently, and at his wedding was Violet Berlin, um, wow. because she's married to Gaz Top, and Gaz Top is my friend's uncle. Uh, that reference is probably <laughs> lost on the majority of people listening. But if you were a child I know in who the she is. early nineties, you will remember that. Or if you've ever played Micro Machines, you will also know because <laughs> she is literally in that. Um, review scores. There must there must there must be some way in which they are useful there must be yeah they are when you haven't got much time like if i quickly just want to skim through a few reviews and just check that bayonetta is getting a bunch of tens that makes me happy <laughs> but you like, could just you could get the same thing if people used a different kind of metric like if people said yes no, yeah maybe, that's true you could still yeah. you don't need the number it's the number no, that's it's the problem. yeah i don't need the number I, I just want to know how it's doing yeah, Obviously, yeah. I still think there should be reviews. Otherwise, I'd be yeah. out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> reviews are great, but it's, it's that thing as well. I mean, like because I know that in the last couple of weeks or so, um, or just in general, Polygon have this this baffling ability to always give things a completely different score to every other publication mm-hmm. going. Um, and there is still a part of me that every time I open a Polygon review, I scroll at the bottom, I go what? But in fairness, I normally then read the thing afterwards to try and work out how they've got think- that. Maybe they do it on purpose. They give a different score than everyone else to make you read the review yeah. and find out why. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, while we bring up things we don't like, I have my own issues with Polygon. 
Um, <laughs> but it just always it just always baffles me how <clears throat> everyone else will be you know every other publication will be going eights nines and polygons like mm, three and a half <laughs> uh, or the opposite way around ten what um, are you sore because of their bayonetta two review? No, I, I've actually... gen- I genuinely disliked them from the word. If, uh, Bayonetta is one of those things. Like I'll be buying Bayonetta regardless. Um, I don't. I, I couldn't really care less what the scores are um, because it's one of those games where I've I, like I was talking to Laura about this. I, I can. I'm barely excited about it because it feels like something that's so definitely going to happen. It just feels like yeah, a thing that is going the... to occur in my life at some point, um, as opposed to uh, some great event. It's weird because I'm just so. Um, it's it feels, sec- my it feels secure, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I did have an email today saying that it'll be processing payment on Monday and got all excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, had that I, I as li- well. <laughs> literally did that in work. Um, but no, I just, I'm, I just, I can't, I can't. Just a yes or no, I think would be fine. Like positive or negative, that's that's all it needs to be. Um, it's worth your time. It's not worth your time. And then from there, you can assign your own level of worth to it. So whether your time is worth 45 quid on the day it comes out or whether it's worth 20 quid six months down the line. Um, yeah, or just as... Comparisons would be good. Like, you'll like Sorry. this game if you liked such and such a game. I was oh. just going to say that, yeah, yeah. That would be quite useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, although, yeah, um, like a Spotify style, hey, you're listening to... Really, really obscure thrash band. Have you heard of <laughs> Iron Maiden? Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe uh, yeah, for fans of something like that. Um, yeah, that, get rid that, of the numbers and people can choose a more creative way. A colour. A colour. A colour, your favourite animal. <laughs> exactly. Um, there you go. You, you, you have my word. That, um, in the future, once the recycle bin has become an enormous media empire, um, you will never see a numbered review on the recycle bin. Uh, we'll choose something else. Maybe, maybe one will be a colour. Maybe one will be an animal. We're going to do. It should that. be a Yay! happy hardcore song. Yeah, it would be a happy hardcore song. So they'd just all be called things like "Your Lovely Face in the Sky." Um, well, no, I mean for, for the recycle bin would just be in the bin or not in the bin. Yeah. We'd, we'd kind of have to stick with the brand on it. But the bin. Oh no. <laughs> People need to stop coming on this show with objectively bad things they want to get rid of. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm really worried now. I should have, like, because I think that I've got three pretty good things and now I know that you're not going to let me put the third thing in the bin because I've already had two go in. Well, well, it, it has happened before. Um, okay. I think once, but it was Christmas. So we'll see. <laughs> well, and I'll be nearly, honest. They've got Christmas stuff in the shops already. That's, if I can I can I go to Boots and buy a Christmas sandwich? Yes, pretty sure you then can. Then it is then it is Christmas. Um, <laughs> what's thing number three? So number three, and I asked Laura's permission for this. Number three is a is a temporary one. I'd only like to put it in for maybe a year, and then we can take it out again. My theorising is it's a recycle bin, not a trash can. So it doesn't yeah, just go well, in a pit and get buried until the end of time. It goes in and it gets check. turned into something else. Yeah, we we do we empty do, the um, Yeah. That's, so yeah, my I think third thing kind is. Of, yeah. Okay. okay you ready? On. It's yep. narrative games with male protagonists. So I specifically said narrative games because I know, like FIFA, 
you pretty much have to have men in it because (laughs) (laughs) because that's how you play fifa um but i'm thinking of you know like typical like action adventure this broad genre that includes everything from like assassin's creed to bioshock to whatever with a story uh that have male protagonists now i was gonna say um dad games which (laughs) by which i mean (laughs) by which i don't mean games that your dad plays i mean (laughs) i mean games like um bioshock infinite and the last of us and the walking dead which were about men having parental relationships to female characters Mm. um but because so i kind of saw dad games as like an intermediary step between so you had like women in games as sex objects and love interests Mm. and then designers kind of grew up a bit and they were like okay women can't you know they can be more than sex objects and love (laughs) interests we can we can actually have women that we're related to and we care about them as well because we're related to them so they they made all these dad games yeah so they made all these dad games about protecting people and all these gamers were like oh i'm really empathizing with this female (laughs) character you know and I saw it as like a middle step, a necessary middle step before we get to the point where we can actually have female characters that people can empathize with, even if they are not women themselves. And I was mm. kind of thinking, if we get rid of dad games, we'll just kick people forwards into taking the next step. But then I sat back and thought, actually, what would happen if we got rid of dad games? Is people would go backwards and they would make games where women were love interests and sex objects again. Mm. So my plan was that for a year or maybe like six months or something, we ban narrative games with male protagonists and all the people who are making narrative games all these big companies with lots of money could develop games with female protagonists because it is possible to make good games (laughs) with female protagonists and if we force them all to do it then no one would have a choice but to play them and to realize that they are good despite having female protagonists and then everyone would be like oh that's cool and then we could take it out of the bin again and everyone could just make whatever games they wanted again. But hopefully more people would make games with female protagonists because they would have already taken the supposed risk of doing mm. it and realised that it did work. And then happy days, everyone could make what they wanted to. I have what do you think? one yeah. question. One question. Okay. Um, does it have to be human male protagonists? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying... I'm not saying we could get around it by calling like by calling the main character of the FPS like Stephen Danger, but he's blue because he is an alien. I'm saying like you know it would be because uh, from what I understand <laughs> you're, what you're saying is let's explore different relationships than just these the two that we currently have. Um, yeah, and I think that there basically, is basically go on. People keep arguing that female protagonists don't work; they don't sell as well. Blah 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 blah. But, like, I kind of feel like, so, if A, that's because the marketing people don't spend as much money on games with female protagonists, which has been mm. proven. Mm. Um, so that's just statistically untrue. But also, I feel like if a company, like, you know, if the next Assassin's Creed game, the main Assassin's Creed game, not an offshoot on a handheld console that nobody's going to play, but the next mm. main game had a female protagonist, it would still sell millions of copies because Assassin's Creed just automatically sells millions of copies each year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if the next Call of Duty had a female protagonist, people would still buy it because people buy Call of Duty every year. Yeah. And I feel like if we made companies do that with their next big release and everyone still bought it, then we could prove that it's not true that a female protagonist turns off men so much that they refuse <laughs> to play them, which seems to be what people are saying. 
Mm. So I just want to, you know, have a brief period where we prove these people wrong. And then once we've done that, we can go back to people making male protagonists if they want to. But I'm, um, from my own experience, I'm a parent of a 15-year-old boy. And he's got other friends that are 15-year-old and male. And they come around here and they play on the Xbox. And sometimes they play as women. And they just don't care either Mm. way, as long as the game is fun. I've actually yeah, asked them, me. I was like, do you mind playing as... I, I probably didn't say it as negatively as that. I was like, do you like playing as like, such and such a character? And they're just like, huh? You know, because that's <laughs> what teenage boys say. <laughs> what they gets don't me care. is that women are expected to quite happily play all these games with male protagonists. And yeah. no one is saying, like, women can't identify with men. Don't be ridiculous. Do you know what? Because men am... are seen as, like, normal. <laughs> I'm so bored of men. Like... No, they all look the same. They all look the same. But even in films, I'm really bored of you know, like save the girl, get the save the world, get the girl story. Like uh, it was something like how to train your dragon. I was watching and I was like, I am so sick of this story. It's just repeated so many times. Shall I go? I. Um, I'm going. We're going to bully you into putting this in the bin because, and I think it should be for a year. I think a year is enough. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's... just enough for each yearly release to have one that actually <laughs> has a female main character, and then everyone could be like, "Oh, that's weird." All the top ten games have got female protagonists, and it hasn't stopped the games industry from existing. Maybe we should consider doing this in the future. Oh, it'd be so fun! I'm actually yeah. really excited, and I wish this was real. But then, <laughs> but then they'd all, but then all the mad lot would go. That's because that feminazi came along, didn't she, and ruined our video games. Oh for God! Us. Yeah. Um, by by changing them in any any appreciable way. Um, yeah, I don't care. Come at me. They're already yeah. having a tantrum. I mean, come they, on. yeah, they already hate me. Like, there's nothing I can do that's, that's true, gonna make actually, these yeah. people like me because I am a woman. So I might as well go whole hog and completely destroy things. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> I always think it's an interesting... I mean, Laura made a good point there that, that it's the same way I've always felt. Like, um, maybe before I was as educated on gender politics when I was a little bit younger. You kind of... Yeah, you go, does it does it matter that you're a woman? No, no, I'm not bothered. Um, maybe that the, there's definitely still, you know, a part of me that could be better, not educated, but have actually realised that myself. Re- you know, sat there and gone, hang on. It is the exception when I'm playing as a woman. Um, it does. It, it is unusual, and that's not necessarily right. But I mean, it's things like so. For example, uh, Laura, I know you've been playing them recently. Uh, Broken Sword. Uh, yes. George Stobart is a bit of an arsehole, isn't he? Just a little bit. Yeah, it's not and too like, bad. He is but fairly I, I incompetent. Played, I played it on the iPad, and you've got Nico bits in it, which mm. you don't get in the original. Am I right? Um, you get remember. more Nico bits. There are okay. there are a few Nico bits in the original, but in the but in the the new version, you get a lot more. Yeah. You start off playing as Nico anyway, and when it then changed to George, I was like, oh, I was really enjoying just being Nico. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's I quite often when I'm when I'm playing games, given the choice of a character or the choice to create a character, I tend to go for the 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 one that is the least like me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know why? It's because you're so used to seeing characters like you that you're bored of it. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's even I... silly things like what's the name of that double fine game where you're in all the mechs? Uh, Steel Battalion, maybe. Steel maybe. something. Um, it's it's um, it's a, it's basically a tower uh, a tower defense game. Um, 
So you but pick in... the mech that is least like you. Well, the, <laughs> you, you, you choose a pilot. Um, oh, okay, okay. And one of them is basically there's there's three like American guys, uh, and then there's a, a a Polish chap I think, um, Iron Brigade that's the name of the game. Um, there's a, a a character an Eastern European guy, and I was just like, well, he is the most unusual for this genre. He's the most unusual character of the three. Um, I'm going to play as him. I mean, I played through the the Dark Souls run I did as a woman. Given the opportunity, I'll always just try and do something different, just because yeah, it's a bit dull to. Mm. But then I play as a woman in uh, GTA Online, and it's weird. oh dear, yeah, I get followed a lot in GTA Online. Oh, welcome yeah. to our experience of what it's like to exist in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's fair enough. Um, I've always said that as a six foot two overweight man with a beard, that any sexual predator that would be interested in me would be dangerous enough to just fucking for me to just let them. Um, <laughs> But um, it's, it, see again. This is the thing that it's it's not an experience I I have, um, or you know, a, a point of view that I've ever even considered really, because I don't need to. Um, but I mean, I mean, surely there are massive examples of games with female leads that have done perfectly well. That uh, just off the top of my head now, I mean, Tomb Raider is an incredibly endearing franchise, enduring franchise that's managed to even come back after a couple of properly fucking shocking games. Uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy X Two. Yeah, and it's is. even it's thrown off the because um, Tomb Raider, you know, it was it was based around the fact that Lara was a sex object and stuff, and it's managed to throw that off quite yeah. well. Like yeah. there was a bit of controversy about the new one, but it wasn't nearly as bad as what it was like in the nineties when it was like she was. I think she was a centerfold for Playboy and yeah. stuff. Like it's yeah. just not the problem with Tomb Raider though. Is um, I've heard that she was. They were going to make the main character a man, but they were worried about being sued by the Indiana Jones people. So that's why she's a woman. And the same thing happened with, um, oh, what's that game about a woman who's a spy? Oh, I know. Like, I oh, what it's um, called. Set in the um, 60s. Is it uh, No One Lives Forever? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No One Lives Forever, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that originally apparently was going to be a man as well, but they were worried about getting sued by like the James Bond people. So they turned her into a woman. So, like, it a shows couple of our... how few games there are with women in them. Because when you say, "What's that game when you're a guy who's a spy?" You can think of like six instantly. And what's that game when there's a woman? Oh, yeah, there's that one where there's a female yeah. spy. Yeah, pretty much. I have a yeah. um. So I have a blog called Godiva Gamers. Like Godiva was um. So I live in I live in Leamington, and in Coventry, there's this legend of this woman called Lady Godiva, whose husband was gonna he was gonna tax people really heavily, and to make him not do it, she was like, "Will you reduce the taxation if I ride through Coventry naked on horseback?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Okay, yeah, sure," because he thought she'd never do it, and then she totally did. So she's a like she's a legend anyway. So I called this blog Godiva Gamers, and I've got a gallery in the top corner of the page of like female protagonists from games where you can only play as a woman, and there aren't very many at all. Like mm. I've really, I've played most of them because I feel like I want to support them. Yeah, so that when people are like, same. "Oh, they never sell," you know, I buy. Like I bought Assassin's Creed Liberation because I wanted to support a game with a female protagonist. But it's hard when the marketers don't put much effort into it, and they, you know, it's just like an offshoot title, mm. or like, um, like everyone raved about the Left Behind DLC for The Last of Us, yeah. but it's DLC, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's like my favourite parts quite... of The Last of Us was when I played as Ellie. Yeah, and loads of people said that, but it's like they're taking baby steps 
towards yeah. you know oh we're testing the waters to see if you, people actually like it and i just kind of want to make people just do it just push you know, them just in go and make yeah just <laughs> go and make games about women and see what happens it's not mm. going to destroy the industry if you just do it for a year if your guaranteed game that's going to sell millions has female characters in it you know it's not going to hurt anyone yeah and i mean i think this is particularly prevalent uh, or particularly uh, well-timed now with the release of Bayonetta next week. I know, I know Bayonetta has popped up a lot during this conversation, and I know also that Bayonetta is a game that sparked an awful lot of controversy, but Bayonetta is... <sighs> the, the the fact that Bayonetta is this incredibly sexualized character doesn't matter because for the vast majority of people who play Bayonetta, I mean, I certainly, I, I'm fairly certain I speak for me and Laura here anyway, um, are into Bayonetta because it is a perfect set of mechanics. Yeah, so, also, I like her as a okay. character. So, yeah, I, I think... But I you think don't she... like her because you treat her like a porno. You don't buy it because no, exactly. you're like, oh, I really want to look at well, this see, character. I originally took forever to buy it because I thought that it, I would be annoyed by her. I thought that she would be, like, submissive and giggly and a bimbo, and I thought, that will annoy me, so I'm not going to play it. And the only people that were telling me that's not the case were men, like straight men. And I'm mm. like, yeah, I don't believe you. And it's uh, very so difficult was... to believe that, yeah, from you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel bad for that now because I should have actually listened because she's not sleazy. Well, she is sleazy, but she's doing it in a way that is empowering. Like, she's sleazy because she wants to be. She's yeah. not. There's a, the, the moment that made me realise playing Bayonetta through is there's a moment, um, I can't remember the name of the boss now, but it's one of the, you know, so you have the big levels that are just a boss fight. Hmm. And it's the one where this fucking giant mad floating head thing bursts yeah. out of the ground with all these like plasma tendrils coming out of it and these firing massive chunks of concrete at her. And she kind of turns around and goes, Oh, I'm a fucking celebrity in this town. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, Yes, this, like, what has just happened to you? And you couldn't give a fuck. Like, this is just shit that has to be dealt with. Um, it, and 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 again, like I was I was talking to to my girlfriend about Bayonetta. Like there's there's like four or five male characters in in that game, and they're all incompetent pricks in some way, shape, or form, with the exception mm. of Rodan, who's just a bit creepy. Um, yeah. But like, um, I mean, it's to the point where I can't even remember their names. Such, I mean, I still I, I still maybe wonder whether uh, Platinum getting Bayonetta right from that point of view is a bit of good luck. Oh, don't um, say that. I want to believe that it's on purpose. Well, do I do want... wonder if it's by accident, but even if it is, that that still is yeah, and, and, it, and yeah, it's proof it's okay. that that will sell. Yeah. yeah, and it's proof that that game will sell. I mean, it, let's again, have it, a, a let's different... have a bunch of Bayonetta clones, please. That'll do. Just try. You won't get <laughs> as good, but you know, just give it a go. Yeah. Although, then at the same time, I do do wonder whether. Well, oh no, are we talking about Bayonetta as a character, or are we talking about Bayonetta as a series of mechanics and things? Because everything, at the same time... all of those okay. things. Okay. Well, actually, you said that lollipop chainsaw was kind of trying to be Bayonetta, but got it wrong. Hmm. Yeah. With but at the least character. they're trying. Yeah. Like, well, we need yeah. more characters who, because a lot of people are getting confused. You know, now that we've got like the beginnings of kind of feminist criticism and video games and stuff, like people are getting confused about what 
you're supposed to find a problem with like mm, yeah. I read this article um I think it was called like games and boobs or something <laughs> and it was like you can't just say that a character with boobs is bad and that you shouldn't yeah. like games that have characters with big boobs in them because I don't know about you Laura but like I have big boobs in real I've life and I don't like ones. to feel like yeah I don't like to feel like I'm somehow wrong for existing like no. you shouldn't have characters that look like me because that's automatically sexualized mm-hmm. like the thing with Bayonetta is that she has control over her own you know sexuality she's not like you know it's it's kind of all this male gaze stuff and people need to think about it a bit more which I think is why we need more games that try because we're never going to work out what is good and what is not if we only have like three games a year that have women in them (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's it's an interesting I always I was a lot of it I think comes down to the fact that games is such a young a young medium um and so something like Bayonetta or, um, is, uh, to my mind anyway, are quite often trying to ape kind of uh, exploitation films of the 70s and things like that, which are now in film circles looked back on as kind of relics of their time um, and kind of um, enjoyable with the uh, kind of caveat that this is from a time when social standards were different. Um, yeah. Whereas, obviously, games, like, I would say games journalism, even approaching something like maturity, has only happened in the last maybe 10 years, uh, 20 years. Um, you know, in actually having a proper vocabulary, you know, or, and, and, and I mean, even still, we don't, you know, people argue about phrases like gameplay and game feel and things like that a lot. Um, and I think they're interesting arguments. But I, I think that the medium is so young, it, we haven't found a chance to or had chance yet to um to to to, to properly have to, to to see growth uh narratively i mean especially the ability to 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 put together kind of a compelling narrative has only become part well not possible but easier in the last few years um so people are still learning and saying it doesn't help that that nine times out of ten the writers on games are either people who are just having a go or film writers <laughs> who Want to make a film in a game the, rather yeah. than like when yeah. Josh was on. Or like um, Rihanna Pratchett said, like the writers often get brought on right at the end, like before they have a chance to properly influence the game and they're mm. just brought on to do like, you know, the words Filler. for the cutscenes and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, this is one of those things that the argument could go on literally forever. Um, well, it's not even an argument, the discussion could go on literally forever about this because. I just, I can't think of a world, I mean, I'm wondering whether, see, it's it's interesting actually, I keep thinking, mm, but we couldn't, we couldn't just not have, we couldn't just not do that for a year, could we? But then I keep going, well, why not? Yeah. Because um, I'm actually up on the wall uh, in, in the recycle bin, recording bin, um, I have <laughs> um, a big glass print of all old um, comic book covers, and I'm looking at them. And they all have uh, some man with a shirt open to the waist, um, holding a woman who's having a gun pointed at her and looking sad, or, or <coughs> you know, or he's rescuing her from a fire pit or something. Apart from one, which says the lady is a witch, and she is wearing essentially a sheer body stocking that just about covers her breasts. And uh, just, I'm disgusted with myself, frankly, um, for even having this in the house. Fire <laughs> to it. Um, but again, it just reminds me that I am in a situation of privilege and as careful as I am 
to to try and respect that and think about it, I I actually have to put effort into think about it because yeah. it is so uh, is it is different to my norm. Hmm. Um, yeah. So this like this is the point of the whole thing. I'm not trying to like change anyone forever or anything like that, but just just try it. You know, yeah. just give it a go. Like all these yeah. people who are like, oh well, you know, the story only really works if you have a male character. It's like, well, that's because that's the assumption that you made at the beginning of creating your game. You just assumed mm. that the main character would be male, and you built the story around that. Like if you had to make a female character for your story, if just for just for one year, then it would make you think about it a bit more. You know, they're all great storytellers. These people. You know, Ken Levine is a great storyteller. Like he could mm. make a really great game with a female main character instead of with, you know, the guy from Bioshock Infinite who is just the same as every other mm-hmm. character in every other game. He could have written a really great one, you know, like, well, the DLC where Elizabeth mm. is the protagonist was really, yeah. really good. But I would like to see it outside of DLC and uh, like handheld console spinoffs, you know? I think we'll get there. I just think it's a slow crawl right now yeah i just want to i just want to kick patient just for a year yeah. yeah i'm impatient me too i'm not gonna be around forever you know i can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to wait <laughs> yeah um yeah and i think i just think that the thing is always when people go oh well nobody complains when like an action movie comes out with uh of some bloke some muscly bloke with a gun it's just like well yeah but there but- are films about things other than that as well well if you look at movies recently um with the hunger games and everything like mm. female protagonists and like Brave and Frozen, like that year that all those get those movies came out, those movies all did incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And it just proved yeah. that all these people who say that female protagonists don't sell were wrong. And if that had been because somebody had said, right, filmmakers, you're only allowed <laughs> to make films with women this year, you know, yeah. it still would have happened. We still would have got all those great movies. And uh, the same can happen for games, I think. Mm-hmm. I I think that is a very good argument. Well, a very good point. Well made. Well argued. I can't. I genuinely, genuinely cannot think of a reason. I mean, if only because it's the the, the thing is. I I always want to say it doesn't matter. I mean, it it does massively, but it also doesn't. Um, in that something like I say, a Call of Duty. Uh, put a woman with a female character. Fine, no bother. Now, it doesn't matter. As in, it doesn't necessarily change the quality of the game, but at the same time, it should or maybe not should, but could affect the actual story. And because, obviously, um, in any situation, a person of a different gender, or in a lot of situations, a person of a different agenda, agenda, gender, will <laughs> approach a situation differently. Yeah. I think um, it depends. Like, if your game is based in the real world, then, yeah. But if, if like, most soldier. games are fantasy, or, like, future... You know, the Call of Duty mm. games are set in the future at the moment... Who's to say it couldn't be a future in which women have been fighting on the front line for 30 years and nobody bats an eyelid about it? Yep, like in that new, what's the name of that good Tom Cruise film that came out recently? (laughs) Um, Oh, I can't remember, but it's really good. Um, Edge of Forever? Yeah, Edge of Forever. Yeah, it's got a shit name. It should have been called, like in the trailers, it was like Live, Die, Repeat or something. That would have been a well better name. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. Groundhog Day, the Tom Cruise (laughs) (laughs) movie. In in that... um, there is um, basically Tom Cruise plays a, a rookie soldier um, or a soldier, a guy who ends up having to fight in this battle, which is uh, X point in the future against like these robot things. And um, at the start of the battle, I won't ruin the story, but at the start of the battle, there is like um, she's not quite a legendary figure, but she is this like ridiculous like super soldier 
who has killed countless of these. Like she's 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 referred to as like a one woman army, um, and she has all this badass armor with skulls and shit on, and she has like a retinue of people who follow her around and are her like are, are her attack squad, and she is ace. Um, <laughs> just more shit like that, like that. That to me, like the idea of like badass female soldier with like attack retinue of, guy, of of guys, girls, whatever who follow her around, is the is like a well good premise for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd play shit out of that. Well, assuming it was good. Um, but I think I would like both. Like I'd like yeah. games where the gender doesn't matter. So you know, you've mm. got a game where you just have. You know, like Call of Duty, nobody gives a fuck what the character of the main character a, is actually like. No one cares a, what their yeah. personality is like. It's a it's floating just you, yeah. yeah, following whoever is barking all the you around. <laughs> yeah. But then I would also like some games where, you know, it is more of a, it is more focused on the main character and it tells the story. Like you've got all these dad games and they're about what it's like to be a dad. Maybe mm. you could have one that's about what it's like to be a mum. Like, mm. you could still, you know, like, I played Bioshock Infinite and I played The Walking Dead and I was like, oh, I really care about this little girl, but I'm mm. not a dad yeah. or even a mum. Like, I don't have kids, but I could still empathise with it. So yeah. I think I'd like kind of both kinds of games. Yeah. And I say just, it's just for a, a while. Yeah, just <laughs> the point before, again, I made just what I was saying about being followed in GTA and you said, welcome to life. <laughs> um, it's stupid yeah. things like I, I live on a fairly new estate that doesn't have any streetlights on it at the moment. Um doesn't I don't again as a as a, a broad shouldered six foot two troll I not not troll bad choice of words. Um, <laughs> you mean the kind who lives under bridges and says who's that clip coming over my bridge? Yeah, I, uh, you know hates women post death threat those ones. Uh, no, but yeah, like uh, I, I do. I'm, I'm a, a broad shouldered built, built guy, and it doesn't bother me wandering around kind of through through dark alleys unless I remember Slender Man. Oh my god. Or that other video that I can't remember the name of now. It's called, like, The Smiling Man or something like that. I'm going to put it in the notes. I'm not going to uh, watch this. Um, but, yeah, it reminds me of one of those two things. Uh, unless I think about one of those two things, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think about the... Um, uh, how other people would experience that same situation because it's... It's just not something that you need to consider. It's not it's a survival not- instinct for you. Yeah, it is not part of my life experience, um, so I don't consider it. So I think, yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's got to go in. Bet the bin. Oh no! <laughs> yes. Ah yay! Um, it's going to be yeah. so fun, Chris. Seriously, it is, it's going to be the I'm, best I'm year. Just, I'm watching this video I got a hat again, trick. and you did get a hat trick. Well done. I think that's only you and Leon Cox from Kane and Rince who's done that. So well done. Um, I've watched that video back again, or bits of it, and it's still horrific. So you have nightmares. Um, I'm in the house on my own as well. So um, if the line goes dead, um, call the police. Um, so that's things we dislike. Um, now on to you lot, the listeners, um, who replied in droves this week. Um, we asked you guys. What sequel would you put in the bin? Um, remembering back to when Laura tries to put all sequels in the bin, which I thought was a bit funny, <laughs> frankly. Um, Even I think it was a bit much right now. So we so asked, what sequel would you put in the bin? Uh, Laura, do you want to take this or shall I do it? Um, I will totally do it because okay. I like reading. So um, <laughs> Axel says Borderlands 2 and this new one. Reason? No! The reason is because it's just more Borderlands. 
and Gearbox so? suck. Well, I think that's the reason that a lot of people want it is because it's more Borderlands. Isn't that kind of how it's been sold? Like, nothing yeah. new to see here. Yeah. Just... If you like Borderlands, you will like this. They, I've, I've done a, a, a different example of a review summary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, that, it's only like, if you like swimming in the sea, you might like swimming in the sea in a different country. No one's <laughs> like, ugh, I've already done swimming in the sea. I don't want to do it again somewhere else. <laughs> swimming in the yeah. sea is for the hardcores and swimming in the I, swimming pool is for the casuals. Or at least specifically with Bayonetta 2, uh, Bayonetta Borderlands 2, it's like, oh, I've already done swimming in the sea. I don't want to do swimming in the sea where everything's incrementally a little bit better. Um, <laughs> Where it's a bit warmer and a bit prettier and better characterised. Because you know the sea can be characterised. Um, yes. I, I can't speak for the new one, having not played it. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm probably a little bit bored of Borderlands. Yeah. I am Borderlands. Uh, mm. But that's um, right. I'm done with it. a different game. Yeah, I but enjoyed at the same time, it, but I'm done um, with it now. Yeah, at the same time, I quite often see a Steam notification pop up that tells me a couple of my friends still play it. Uh, I'm sure if I jumped on with them, I'd have a wonderful evening playing it. Yes. I like Borderlands because uh, my friend who I play co-op games with, she only has a PlayStation, so we can only play games that come out on that platform. She doesn't have a really good PC or anything, and there aren't many co-op games. So every time they release a new Borderlands, that's another game for us to play. Mm. When cool. we basically can, run out of other things. Can you play local co-op with it, or can you only play online co-op? You can. You can split screen. Yeah, oh no! I mean specifically with this person. Oh, oh! I yeah, I can now because she moved to my town, but she didn't before. <laughs> definitely, I'm not sure it's out yet for the PS4, but when it or, or for PSN anyway, but when it is, definitely get Assault Android Cactus. That is a well good co-op game. Um, I think Assault today Android Cactus. Yes, I think today there's been an announcement okay. in the new update to it. Kara uh, Ellison actually voices a character in it as well. Uh, oh, brilliant! So, so it'd be a weird semi-Scottish. <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah, and it is a well good shooting game made by some uh, mad Australian chaps, so go and check that out. Uh, what's next? Um, Saintly Stew says Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. Mm. I have no idea. Right, so what happened was, you know Castlevania. I do, I've played the first one a lot. Right, okay. Well what happened was Lords of Shadow came out for the PS3 and the Xbox 360 about two years ago or so, maybe a little bit longer. Mm. Um, and it was one of those better-than-it-has-any-rights-to-be games. Uh, right. Like, started off dreadful and then got really good. So they did a sequel because it probably cost them about ten pence to make. And <laughs> lots of the shit that we don't want. Lots of horrible force stealth sections that don't really work. Uh. Oh, and quick-time uh, events, right? Yeah, lots of just, just, just tatty shit. And kind of the whole... The whole thing kind of forgot why the first one was as good as it was, I think. Um, which I think is actually a point that somebody else made in this little column thread. Column thread? Comment thread. So. Yeah, fair point. What's next? Uh, Manly J Panda says, Dark Souls 2, the methadone of the Souls series. Mm. Why is it methadone? What's methadone? Well, um, basically, if Dark Souls is the heroine... Then methadone is oh. what you is like the lesser version. It's what you use when you're recovering. Yeah, I'm immediately thinking of the the line from Train Spotting. Um, I can't remember what it was now, but I'm gonna. <laughs> then you're so not really look. immediately thinking <laughs> of it, are you? <laughs> I look at no, I'm trying to think. Of it, so no, look Dark Souls educated. Two is great. I mean, it wasn't Dark Souls that was its biggest problem. Ding! I can't find the quote. 
Oh, I'm dreadful. Aren't but this is like your point, Laura. Like sequels should exist, but not be so and so too. Like they you've have got, different names. You've got Demon Souls. You've got Dark Souls, and then you've got Bloodborne. They're all kind of sequely, but mm. they've got different names, and they're not just numbers tacked onto them. Yeah, I think I think. The but then I Dark guess Souls. they worry that they wouldn't sell. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand like, why. Like it's the brand yeah. that's selling. Yeah. I think with that one, someone was specifically told, you're making a sequel to this game. Do you know what's going to be confusing is that everyone uh, has got their Halloween names on Twitter right now. So I was just thinking that uh, before, actually, when I was looking through the yeah. answers. Yeah. So we've got... I, might be... <laughs> I might be able to translate a few of them. We've got Grim Purges. That's Jim. That's Jim. That's Let, Let's Hug Bro. Bro. Who says yeah. Devil May Cry 2. Uh, yeah. Um... I can never remember which one the rubbish one of Devil May Cry is. See, now, a good point, though, that I think somebody else made, I think James Carter made later on, is if we get rid of sequels, are we also getting rid of the games... So, say, game uh, there's a game with a shit sequel, but then a really good game after it. Mm. Do they go too? No. That's fine, then. Then Devil May Cry <laughs> 2 can go because um, DMC exists and DMC is the best one. Is DMC the one where you nearly see as Willy? Yes. Okay, yeah, just check it. It's like, it's actually, like... I, actually, question about Devil May Cry. For you. I was again, I was talking about this with my uh, girlfriend yesterday. It always makes me. I always think it's interesting in D- DMC where Dante actually seems to be a, a development team going right. Our player character is going to be an attractive man, but he's, we're going to ask. He's people, actually properly attractive. Like I've never this is what I mean, like, a male it, character before. It actually looks. Oh, like do you know gone, who I like? Nora, I like, like hate them. Oh, I love him. Actually, yeah. But it's not because of how he looks, it's the voice. Oh, he's so sexy. Let's just talk about Hatham for like half an hour. (laughs) Can we pause the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But no, like, he, Dante actually seems like they've gone, let's actually ask people who are attracted to men what makes a man attractive. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. He's so pretty. Muscles and the neck a size of a fridge. That'll do. It's the eyes, yeah, man. God. When people say that, oh, men are like, when people are saying, you know, objectification and sexualization of female characters, and people come back and like, yeah, but men are sexualized as well. Like, <laughs> I don't look like that guy. He's really, really buff. He's really musty. It's like, yeah, but they're not made for women to look at. They're made for men to feel like they want to be like that. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. What is so, next? Jonathan Edwards says Dark Souls counts right as a kind of sequel to Demon Souls, if only to stop the saying I said I wouldn't talk about Dark Souls. You're too late. We already spoke about Dark Souls, obviously. <laughs> yeah, too late. And if Dark Souls didn't go in, then I wouldn't... This, actually, if Dark Souls didn't exist, then this show wouldn't exist. So, uh, it, Do you know what you should do, Chris? Go on. On the Crate and Crowbar podcast, which is like PC gamer people mostly... They take a drink if they say lewd narrative dissonance. <laughs> so you should you should do the same thing. If you say Dark Souls, you have to take a drink. I might do that, although I don't drink. So um... well, neither do I. <laughs> Actually, so maybe like a shot of coffee or something. I don't know. That would work. I'll that, just, yeah, I'll, Red Bull. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep a little pot of battery acid and I'll just dip my finger in it if I say anything. <laughs> yeah, do it. Cool. So what's next? Um, Halothene. Athene Allen. I was waiting for you to no. guess, but. Um, It says Kane and Lynch 2. First one was Pish. Second one didn't need to exist at all. I think that's a fair point. I've heard Um, it's rubbish. I've played some of the first one. I didn't really like that. Yeah, the Kane and Lynch games are the ultimate example of 
bullshit games that you should get a friend around to sit next to you on the sofa and play with for an afternoon and never think of ever again or even speak about it. I uh, did this Twitter poll the other day where I asked people for examples of games that they love but that everyone else hates because I've got played I've played Spore for like a hundred hours and everyone agrees that it's a shit game, but I really love it. And a lot of mm. people replied saying Kane and Lynch 2, that they really like Kane and Lynch 2, wow. even though everyone else hates it. Yeah, I think it is one of those games where, I say, if you sit down for an evening with a friend, you mm. will have a fun time playing a shit game and that will kind of taint your, your opinion of it a little bit. But that's not a problem, that's not a bad opinion to have of the game, I don't think. Mm. Um you know, I played a shit game for 10 hours and loved it because it made me and my friend laugh our asses off. It's still a yeah. respectable reason to like a game. Laura, cool. what's your shit game that you love? Um, mm. uh, Clive Barker's Jericho. Like, a lot of oh, people... Oh, wow, okay. Re- yeah, I really like that game. I don't know what it is. I, like, I maxed it out on achievements because I replayed it because I really enjoyed the combat and the guns. I Maybe I wouldn't going back now because I didn't play many shooters back then. So mm. maybe I was just inexperienced but I also love things that are sacrilegious because I grew up in a religious household (laughs) so (laughs) anything about hell and things like that I really love but yeah that's my shit game that I love and we all know what mine is apparently Heavy Rain oh of course oh I love Heavy Rain yay you can come back I played it with my my sister where she was like 15 at the time it's like her favourite game she wow. really yes. loved it. And then we played Beyond, and she liked that as well. You and your sister are cool. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you you said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean it as well. Um, what's next? Um, Phil Laidler says Lords of Shadow 2. We've had that, yeah. Cool. Okay, I haven't played that. Um, That's the Castlevania Lords of Shadow with Muddy. Oh, of course. We did. Yeah, yeah we did. T- yeah, we, yeah, we, I didn't make It's that. confusing okay, cool. because all games have the same names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, how many games out are there out there with the name Shadow in? Like, I'm looking at my shelf now and I've got Thief, Deadly Shadows. And then there's like Shadows I played Shadow of the, of the Colossus yesterday. Shadow of the Colossus, Lords of Shadow. Funnily enough, Shadow of the Colossus and Lords of Shadow sit next to, my, next to each other on my game shelf. Oh, no, you don't alphabetise, do you? No, no. <laughs> right, Joshua guarantees. <laughs> See, I've had someone come to my house and ask if they can alphabetize my games, and I'd be like, "No, you may yeah. not." Get oh, the fuck out my I said that to my friend, but he's got like my friend's got like a thousand games. And I, just I suppose it's sensible. Yeah, mm. I just oh, I really want to alphabetize his collection. So I used to work. I used to work for Game, so um, I I have to keep all of my stuff in little drawers that I access with a weird key, um, <laughs> which is a joke for people who only for people who work in Game or Game Station. Um, oh, and all the arguments about whether Elder Scrolls Oblivion came oh under E God. or under O. Oh, it's impossible to find in Steam because you look for T and then you look for S for Skyrim or something. Yeah. I assume it's... Yeah, no, I always have it as well, yeah. Cool, what's next? Joshua Garrity says Final Fantasy thirteen because I wasted so much energy being excited for that game. Oh, oh I see. I would, ex- really I would extend this to everything past Final Fantasy nine. Ooh, I see. I can't. I don't really know Final Fantasy, but I was sad for everyone when Final Fantasy thirteen came out. That said, twelve's quite good, and I believe the redo of fourteen's all right. So and thirteen um, two is okay, apparently. Yeah, and is it not just rhythm- thirteen being an unlucky number? Yeah, it could just be. Yeah, I'll tell you what, let's go with that. <laughs> Let's say that was the problem. So, Bitsocket says, hmm, there are a few. The first one that pops to mind is Devil May Cry 2, although it had its moments. Yeah, well, we've discussed Devil May Cry 2, haven't we? 
um, along with DMC. So, Dylan Schneider, one. creator of You Are a Shark, says <laughs> all of them. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. But not really. All sequels. And yeah. Kane and Lynch. Oh, he's saying that Kane and Lynch 2 is a fantastic game, underrated. There stuff you go. Like there that. The example that happens. Alexander Hondred says Need for Speed Rivals. The reason? A story in Need for Speed and a grim one on top of that. Yeah, that sounds awful. Why did they put a story yeah. in it? I don't know. Like any racing game that has a story outside of, hey, you're a cool dude that can do power slides in a car. <laughs> or lady. Sorry, I, I was using well, dude. You know, in the, yeah, dude can be a lady specific. too. <laughs> you, are, so. you, know, you, you can do cool power slides in a car. And you can do a jump over a lorry. Fine. That's all the storyline needs to be. Um, Dan Gurney says, Resident Evil 6 can go in the bin. And I totally agree with you. That's mine that I would put in. Because yeah, also a few people said Resident Evil 5. And well, uh, that was not as bad. The thing is, I always believed before Resident Evil 6 that any game would be fun in co-op with a friend. And I was miserable playing Resident <laughs> Evil 6 with one of my most fun friends. It's just, it's got no soul, is it? No. It's just horrible. It's certainly not uh, got any of the Resident Evil charm, has it? So. Mm, no. Um, Luke Hunts and Slays says Metroid Prime 3. Maybe, I loved it at the time, but it's not in the same leagues as Prime or 2. Prime and 2 are very good. Um, it's worth pointing out. Um, I can, yeah... I can understand I why. So the, the problem is, I've got the, the Metroid collection, uh, the Prime collection, and I struggle to remember which one is which. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna let you have that one, but that's this is only kind of hypothetical binning anyway. He also says Transformers: Rise of Dark Spark, Batman: Arkham Origins, and other farmed-out stopgap sequels that dis- diminish the true threequel. But isn't <laughs> Origins a prequel? I don't know. I I think the, it's got to yeah. be, hasn't it? Because it's called Origins. Origins. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the new Transformers game has, yeah, the the the, the previous two were perfectly passable, actiony, shooty games that were fine, but the new one tries to do way too much and is a big mess. Right. Um, and I think it's more with Origins. It was more the fact that it it smelled of we need to get another one out um, quickly. You guys do it. <laughs> well, yeah, it was made by another team, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't made by Rocksteady. It was made by, to steal a joke from Sean McTiernan, it wasn't made by Rocksteady, it was made by fucking Bebop. Uh, <laughs> which is a turtle's joke. Um, that was good, I like that. Yeah, again, it's it's like um, that Spider-Man film that came out recently, which only came out so that Marvel couldn't try and get the copyright back um, mm. in order to put him in the Avengers films. So, yeah, Ooh. that stuff does stink a bit. Right, what are we on? Pete says Fade to Black. I don't know what uh, that is. I, To be honest with you, right, I don't know an awful... Whenever I think Fade to Black, I automatically think of the Metallica song, um, <laughs> which doesn't help. Fade to Black, I know the name. Why don't I know what it is? Oh, God, right. Is yeah. it an actual sequel or is he just making a joke? It's the sequel to Flashback, yeah. Oh. Which was a well-good game, and then Fade to Black was... Yeah, it did all right. I mean, it went platinum, I think. Um, like, it did do a good job, but it wasn't, you know, like, Flashback is one of those games that is absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, and with good reason. And Fate of Black is, is not really a... It's not a, it's not a deserving sequel, I don't know. <laughs> uh, James Carter says, Easy, Manhunt 2, 
Let me know if you need an actual reason, but I stated my case in Kane and Rince issue 119. Well, I haven't listened to that one. Oh, what it's well plug. good, actually. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, the, right, one, the Kane and Rince lines are very good at plugging their own show. Two, mm-hmm. um, should and so they it. should be, it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, that episode specifically is actually, it's not so much about Manhunt 2 or the Manhunt games. It's There's a lot of discussion in that episode about uh, the media's response to violent video games. Mm. Oh, cool! And it's actually a really um, it's it got me through um, some very difficult hill climbs on a bike. That that episode of Manhunt <laughs> did. Um, I absolutely recommend that that episode very much, whether you're into the Manhunt games or not, because it's an interesting discussion about how the media deals with violent uh, or controversial games. It's really really interesting. Gosh, um, are you guys going to plug my podcast like this? Absolutely. Now that I've been on. Oh, if you like, yeah. brilliant. You get a chance 100%. at the end, or do you want to do it yeah. now? Um, <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's not a game podcast at notagamepodcast.com. Feel yes. free to listen. You should totally uh, listen. It's got great it people on well. there. And I've show. been on there as well. So, Well, there you go. Oh, well, yeah, but you've been on, you're on every I've podcast. I've been on every going, podcast so. going. Yes, yeah. this is a thing. Yeah, Manhunt 2 was another one of those games because, I mean, like, I was working at Game when, when all the, the, the furore went on about Manhunt 2 because obviously it got banned, didn't it, for a very long time. Um. And again, it was just an example of a sequel to a game missing the points that the <laughs> first game made. So the first game actually, yes, it was a violent game. There was a lot of stuff in it that rightfully was very controversial and probably a little bit embarrassing looking back. But there was an actual storyline to it and it felt like it was actually having a go at making a point, whereas Manhunt 2 was just, oh, look, you can, oh, look at all the murder. <laughs> um, it's, it's probably the closest thing to that mad hatred game that's been announced this week um, that we've had so far. Well, no, Postal's probably closer to that, but whatever. Um, I get the point that, that James is making. Good point, James. Right. There's another huge list. Shall I just quickly yep. go through? With no yeah, no more pick, reasons allowed. Sorry, right, you've got Devil May Cry 2 again from Odai Quay and Actraiser 2 in Streets of Rage 3. Dreaded Horror Tomb says Lords of Shadow 2. Uh... Crumley's Son of Glowing says Assassin's Creed 3, which I don't think Jordan's going to be too happy about. The no, exactly. You know, I would have loved a Haytham game. I, as soon as I stopped being Haytham, I, that's when I lost interest in 3. Same. I haven't gone I think back. maybe people, when people complain about Assassin's Creed 3, they're secretly complaining about the fact that they didn't get to play as Haytham for the whole thing. Yes. Everyone goes on about what a rubbish character Connor was, and it's obviously just because they all have secret crushes on Haytham. Exactly. That is why. I would... <laughs> Um, where we AG scare everything after Sonic and Knuckles. Bloody Ezek says, Oh, Shadow Hearts from the New World. Odai Quay says, King of Fighters 12. Angola Flag, Metroid Other M. Alice says, Dusk Till Dawn 2. So there's a lot of Devil May Cry 2. I think we should just put that in the bin, even don't though we don't it, yeah. put these in the bin because it's had so many votes yeah. that it should probably go it's, in. It's true. Um, also, uh, Dave M. Nicholas said everything beyond Assassin's Creed 2. No, because then boats. Um, yeah, Black Flag. Yeah, and also, see also my, um, Laura, I don't know if you remember, EGX, I kept pointing at the new, uh, is it called Assassin's Creed Rogue? And I was yeah. like, look, more boats. And you were like, yeah, but it's Assassin's Creed. And I went, yeah, but boats. But I don't and care about boats. See, I do, and there's a polar bear in it as well. I, I don't like vehicle sections. <laughs> Oh, but it's it's good. You can press a button and they sing shanties. It's yeah, brilliant. I'm in that phase where I just I just don't believe you that it's fun. You didn't so. believe me about Bayonetta, did you? I didn't. 
And you were wrong, you God on that. damn one. it. What's next? Is that it? That's it. Bloody hell. Can I right. make a point about sequels? Yes. Yes. Like, I kind of agree that a lot of sequels beyond a point tend to be quite shit. But also, like, every year... So uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to, um, Back to Work with Merlin Mann, he always says this thing, every year someone is born who hasn't seen the Flintstones, right? <clears throat> and it's a point about how everyone gets bored of watching Flintstones reruns, but there are people being born every day who've never seen the Flintstones, mm-hmm. and the reruns might be the first chance they get to see them. Yeah. Now, my point is this. My first Fable game was Fable 3, and everyone says Fable 3 is shit, but I didn't know that because it was my first mm-hmm. Fable game, and I really enjoyed it, and that made me want to go on and play the other ones. And that might not have happened because Fable and Fable 2 came out before I was really interested in buying games like that for console and stuff. So I might never have played a Fable game if it weren't for the sequel. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And also for reboots and things like that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, again, Transformers, I'm one of those people who doesn't like the Michael Bay films. Um, well, no, I rephrase yeah, One of those, one those rare trans- people. <laughs> one of those Transformers fans who doesn't like the Michael Bay films, which is a special class of wanker. Um... But at the same time, if that gets people interested in a thing I really like and they go back and watch yeah. the stuff that I agree with and say that people are allowed to like, then fine. Mm-hmm. I am, of course, joking. You can like what you like. Um, anyway, um, sequels, all rubbish. Um, however, it's worth pointing out, if <laughs> there was ever to be a sequel to You Are a Shark, the video game, uh, that would be fine. But you could call uh, it You Are a Shark, the murdering, the instead murdering of You Are a Shark 2. You are still a shark. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. Cool. So, finishing up the show with some positivity. Uh, I believe, Jordan, you should have a thing that you really like as well. Yes. I was going to say like one specific game that everybody already knows that I really, really love because I talk about it all the time, and that's The Sims, or the like the series in general. But then mm. I was thinking, like, what do I love about it? And one of the things is that you can just kind of play it forever. Mm. Which mm. some people might see as a bad thing, but I quite like a game that you can play forever. Um, so I'm my positive thing is games without end. Yes, I like. So this. I'm thinking of um, at the moment I'm playing Don't Starve a lot, and I'm also playing mm. The Sims, and I'm playing Spelunky, and I always have like one or two games that I play when I don't really feel like playing something that I need to like get through and make progress mm. in and get to the end. I just want to go and play something that I know what to expect. Um, and I can just, I know that I'll enjoy it and I can just play it for a few hours and I've had a good time and I haven't worried about like completing it or whether or not I've made any progress or anything. Um, and I think everyone has those games, like whether or not it's, because I don't, yeah, like I don't play online multiplayer, but for a lot of people, they just go back and play online multiplayer when they just want something to chill out and do. And it's not, you're not really making progress apart from leveling up. You're just doing the same thing that you know is fun over and over again yeah this is what i was gonna say like um, my games that don't end are the multiplayer games because i play a lot of online multiplayer yeah um i see for me it's weirdly it's it's fifa for me Uh, and i only say weirdly because i'm not a massive football fan um but i've sat here and wasted an incredible amount of time playing just playing even like even the demo of fifa um because again it is just that same loop over and over and over again with no real benefit or progression or change um, you're just playing games or football over and over again and maybe getting a little bit better. Mm. Um, but I was, and actually, funny enough, another one for me by the looks of things is going to be, and I mean, it does have an end, but it's so big that kind of there being an end is probably 
mm, uh, not a concern is that uh, Final Fantasy rhythm game. Um, yeah. It just sits in my 3DS by by my bed, and every so often I'll <laughs> pick it up, play it for 20 minutes because you can just hit like play a random a random song. And I mean, I like the Final Fantasy games, but I've not heard. You know, I don't know all the music from it inside and out. So every so often I'll just go, bing, oh wow, I've not heard this this song before, it's brilliant, play it through, done, put it back down, whatever, carry on with life. Um, they are, it's 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 a lovely thing to just have, or even something on your phone, maybe, that just for five minutes you can just go, bing, oh, I'll just go and do, again, I've got a friend who plays a lot of Eve, and he, he has admin, like Eve admin that he does, like he barely actually needs <laughs> to play Eve via the client anymore. Like he does, a, a, so much of his experience of Eve now is just like logging onto a thing, telling some people to do stuff, and then selling some stuff on like an app on his phone. Um, and it's just a part of his life. It's not right. I'm going to go and play Eve now. It's just, it's just a thing that is part of his life. It's just a, a thing that happens. Oh, Minecraft is a good one. Mm. Minecraft's a very, another very good one. Where you can just go off and just do whatever. You sometimes like. nothing. Yeah, I like I like games. The important thing in. Yeah. The important thing to note with this is that there are some people out there, like I've got friends like this, who feel like those kinds of games are pointless. Mm. Like I've got a friend who really is only interested in like finishing things and like completing objectives and making progress and like Mm. feeling like he's bettered himself as a human being. So (laughs) he gets kind of, he gets anxious about games that he's got that he hasn't finished. And he just doesn't like the idea of playing something that doesn't have an end because then he's never he's never done with it and he can never like tick it off his list. Yeah, mm. and it makes him like not want to play games at all. <laughs> oh, no. But then, no, I know. <laughs> this is the kind of difference between explicit and implicit win states, isn't it? I mean, uh, another good example of this is um, Kerbal Space Program. Um, I mean, in the state it's currently in, the, um, or certainly when I played it, there wasn't really a, a defined goal to it. It was just a series of. <laughs> It was a physics simulation. Um, and the first thing I did where I felt like I'd won is where you get, you actually make a spaceship orbit. Uh, and that's that's one. You know, there's nothing in the game that tells you to do that, but I was just like, right, that feels like a good starting point. That's my first objective. My second objective is to take that ship in orbit and land it without murdering everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was and- going to say this about The Sims. Like, the one of the things I love about The Sims is that I set my own goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's like, I was thinking about um, one of my things to put in the recycle bin. I was going to say achievements that you have to play online for Mm. because I don't like playing online. And I was thinking about achievements and stuff. And like you don't, when you're playing The Sims, you don't have to do what somebody else is telling you is an achievement or an objective in that game. You can just decide like, I'm going to make this family and they're going to do this. And I'm going to see if I can get, you know, this person into this job. I'm going to see if I can get this one to marry this person. And it's like, it's completely up to you. How yeah. you want to play it? I will consider this game one when I have achieved these things. These we and like people do it a lot with a lot of speedrunners do it with games as well, where you'll see like right, I'm going to try and get through X game without using Y weapon or only using this item. Yeah. I mean, again, not, not to bring it up again. I mean, we've done well this episode. Of Dark Souls. <laughs> you know, there are still people doing runs of that game where they're going right. I'm going to try and do it only with this item or not with this item or and no death run. No death That's run. impressive. Like, um, you know, people going through the game only using the, uh, the broken sword hilt. You get right at the start. Wow. Or um, I believe somebody's the thing with this... done... Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, the thing with that is that you can tell that someone really, really loves a game if they're looking for extra yeah. reasons to go back and play it more. Mm. Like, there's, a, I think somebody's got a Tumblr about this, like, 
um, when people have put their own objectives onto games so that they've got like another reason to keep playing it. Like if you've completed something and then you're like, okay, now I'm going to play it through again, but I'm going to make sure I do it without using this ability or like, you know, stuff like mm. that, then that's obviously a sign of you're having a really good time with the game because you're looking for another reason just to yeah. carry on playing it. Another amazing example of this is, it's weird, it's not really a game without an end because there is going to be a lot of ends. Uh, Dwarf <laughs> Fortress, in that um, Dwarf Fortress is kind of about iterative learning, but it's about iterative learning slowly. So, like, your goal for your first fort might be, like, survive a, a season. Just make, make get, get it to the point where you actually have some sort of economy or not not economy but like you, you just have enough food to keep your your um your fortress going um and over time i mean i i lost I mean, and when i say lost i mean lost a month to that um and it was only the fact that my my fortress got wiped out by an, an incredible sequence of poor events um and I, I when that fort died i was like right i need to leave this alone um because this could take up my life forever um, because yeah. it's just setting your own goals at all times. Right, I've done that. Like, let's yeah, see if I can do that's this. that's the possible downside to it. Like, you can just... I Sometimes I do sit there and play eight hours of Sims, and then I'm like, maybe I should have played something else because I am a games <laughs> journalist, and probably I should be playing new games instead of just yeah. playing old ones again and again are, and again. This there is are the good only single way. hour experiences you can get through in their entirety in eight hours as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> roguelikes like so um when you're saying about dwarf fortress like roguelikes are really really good for for that because of the procedural generation and everything so you're still playing the same game and doing the same kind of things but it's different like don't starve you know i mm. always start it the same way i like make a little base and i build a fire pit and i you know make the science machine and everything but every time i load it up you know every time i die and start again it's a different map mm. so you have to kind of yeah and go spelunky. at it a slightly different way spelunky. yeah spelunky as well 20, 30 hours in, you can still load up a game and go, shit, I've not, I haven't seen that before, or I don't know what to do in this situation, mm-hmm. this very specific set of circumstances. Um, and it is yeah, a game about- I love procedural generation. I was going to say that as well, but The Sims isn't really procedural generation. So I, I didn't want to say something that excluded <laughs> The Sims because it is my favourite game. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I think that's mad as well because I've played bits of The Sims, but it just doesn't appeal to me in, in any real way. Um Oh my god, it's amazing. I can't do it. I think I don't enjoy it because I'm a parent and it's too much like real life. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough, mm. fair enough. Yeah, I think, I think that's what I wrote an article about like, this, like... actually. Really? Sorry. No, yeah, I wrote cool. about, um, for 5 out of 10 magazine, the um, theme was uh, reflecting reality and I was writing about why people want to play games yeah. that are like real life. Um, I'll try and I'll find a link and people can people can go read it. On that note, five out of ten. I bought uh, my first issue of five out of ten uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's very good. Um, go good. And check it out Everyone should buy it. Um, it is a lovely. There's a show. Uh, there's a year lovely one show. edition with okay. like the first five issues in it, and I'm in one of those. So if you want to read something by me, you should totally buy that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I can only speak for issue nine. I think was the one I bought, um, but it's very good. Um, and I also have been meaning to pick up the, the book that, uh, Alan Williamson and Caitlin Tremblay. Yeah. The one about Unreal. Yes. I, I've been looking for some, some book length writing about video games and that seems like a brilliant place to start. Um, so there you go, Alan. There's a little plug for your magazine and your book, uh, <laughs> by accident. Um, yeah, it's just, I, 
I'm trying to think of anything clever to say. I, I, I'm, I always worry too much in this section. I just go, that's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it's, the point, it's isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's never supposed to be an argument. I just always wish I had something cleverer to say about that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think there's, there is a huge... I mean, I, ironically, it is that these sort of things I think are brilliant for when you want to do some casual gaming, as it were. Oh, not the way I do it. Um, I play games <laughs> that don't end, but they're all pretty stressful, intensive games because because yeah, that's why i play not very casual yeah I, i'm keep yeah. meaning to try don't starve but i only play games in that way where it's all consuming like when i'm into a game that's it for me i don't mm. i have to i have to force myself to play other games and i always enjoy them when i do but i force myself to play them because i feel like i really should be playing other games i shouldn't spend hours and hours on something that i've done hours and hours of already but I don't know. I think that everyone has a game like that. Yeah. Like, you know, Pip's got Dota. Like, mm. everyone's got something, whether it's FIFA or, like, online multiplayer or whether it's a game on your phone. Like, I don't think there's anyone out there who only, apart from this friend of mine <laughs> that I was talking about, but he just doesn't play games at all yeah. now. I don't think there's anyone out there who only plays games that he, you can, like, finish and then you move on to something else. I think there's a lot of yeah. people that do move on quickly, but they'll always have something that they come back to that they love. Yeah. It's almost... It's almost like a comfort thing, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's like this game um, was made for me. Yeah. Sometimes um, you don't feel like risking something new. Yeah, true. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. If you're really stressed and you want to chill out, you don't want to load up a brand new game that you might hate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When you have limited yeah, free always... time, you want to know that you're going to use it properly. Yeah, bang out mm. a couple of lives in Luftrousers or something like that. Luftrousers, for me, would be another good example of something that I would just play. <laughs> For an amount of time I have spare until I don't have that amount of time spare anymore, like it'll just and because you die so quickly and it doesn't doesn't matter too much. Um, I'm so yeah, bad at that game. Really? Oh, yes. it's so much fun. So bad. I can't do anything. Oh. I just keep crashing into the sea or the floor or whatever it is. Well, you I don't like it. You, get, you keep going until you get the plane that doesn't get damaged when you go under the sea. Um, that's actually one of the best planes to use as well. I'll to get never get that far. Ah, oh, you, you should. It's, it's fantastic. Anyway, anyway, um, I think that's probably about it, isn't it? Yeah. I think we're all pretty tired now. It's um, it might be Friday, but it's ten o'clock, so it's bedtime. Oh, um, God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's been. Another, no, what you uh, mean is we're all going to go out and party now. Sorry, yeah, that one. I'm just um, going to play we'll... Starcraft till four a.m. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go play Don't Starve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to. Uh, some of us have got to be up early to walk the dog. Um, yeah. Yeah, we know we're going to go and find a cool pub to go in now, and then when they kick us out at twelve, we're all going to go and clubbing. Yeah, and then to a in Wales. Bar. Hey, Cardiff's um, a good wait. night. Seriously. Um, all right, I'll meet you there. Is, where I live is awful. Um, yeah, there's 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 no protecting uh, the bit of Wales I live in. It's dreadful as a night out. It is a cultural black hole. Um, so yeah. Um, Let's go. My name's Chris Spann. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. My name's Chris Spann. Goodbye. Uh, oh, hang on. Before we do that, um, Jordan, have you plugged everything you want to plug? Uh, no. Go. Um, good. Just go. Just everyone... keep saying things that you do. <laughs> okay. Everyone follow me on Twitter. I'm Jawsew, which is J-A-W-S-E-W, uh, which is because my friends call me Jaws, and then E-W is my initials. And my website is jordanweber.com. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, I'm at the Not A Game podcast. Um, I put everything I write on my website anyway, so you can just, uh, if you pick up a copy of PC Gamer, I'll probably be in it. If you look on Kotaku, I just wrote something on there, kotaku.co.uk. Yeah, 
I'm all over the place. <laughs> Just follow me on Twitter. Cool. Probably the easiest thing. Do all those things. Uh, there'll probably be some notes and stuff in the uh, on the website, which I don't think anybody actually ever looks at. But uh, but there we go. Oh, you totally uh, should. The show notes this week are going to be great. I've looked at yeah, it like loads three times. Yeah, precisely. You're <laughs> one of the fucking hosts. Um, I, I only look at it because that post needs to exist for the show to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go the- on it to make sure nobody else had mentioned my things to go in the bin. Oh, there yes. you go. We're doing well then. Right, anyway, um, time to go to bed. Um, good night. So, good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Good night, Nasta. Yes, good work. Leos. <laughs> 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 On that half-arse patriotism. Yeah, that'll do. Goodbye.